Hey friends, you are listening to the After Sunday Podcast with Taylor Johnston and Casey Rolap. Here we're going to have real, authentic conversations about both the challenges and the beauty of the Christian lifestyle. Our hope is that you would leave this podcast praising God for all of the good, but also trusting Him with the not so great. Thank you for tuning in. We are so glad that you're here. Hey, welcome back to the After Sunday Podcast. I'm Taylor Johnston. And I'm Casey Rolap. And today we're talking about reverence. All right, it's a new year, Case. Let's new do year. kickoff sharing is caring for 2024. All right, so I want to know, first off, are you somebody who makes New Year's resolutions or picks a word or makes goals? I feel like I already knew the answer to this. And I see <laughs> you shaking your head over there. I'm like, okay, that doesn't surprise me. Um, okay, if not, spoiler alert, she's not. <laughs> oh, she's shaking her head no. Why not? Um, I'm more, because I don't want to set myself up for failure, mostly. I, goals are amazing. We, like, actually, Nathaniel and I did sit down at the beginning of the year and make a two-year, four-year, five-year kind of game plan for our family. But I know personally that I like to hyperfixate on things, or if I just get overwhelmed, I scrap it. I get disappointed in myself. And so I'm trying not to set myself up for failure this year. I more have an idea of what I want to accomplish in the year and then, but I don't have solid, it has to be this, it has to be that. Cause I just think that I'll, I don't think, I know from past experience, I'll get to about June and think, wow, I'm not a very organized, like just all of these terrible things. So I have an idea. I want to write more. I want to rest more. I want to run in my lane more, but just they're kind of generalizations and not, this is what I'm doing this yeah, year. I think that's honestly really good because I do think sometimes with, New Year's resolutions and goals, they're not sustainable and it can feel heavy. And then you, like you said, you get defeated and then you just stop. And so I think keeping it practical, but having some kind of a, of a vision, I think, for the year is a healthy thing as well. So, okay, your turn. Um, well, you probably know the answer. <laughs> Casey hates goals. And no, I hate goals. So I am not, I'm not a hardcore New Year's resolution person or a word. Um, I do, however, like the new year because I do think it's a good time to reflect on the past year. And like you said, just kind of what do I want to accomplish in this year? So I do set some goals for me. It's just like the main goal I've set for myself is just to abide in Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I feel like out of that comes all the things that we need. (laughs) Sorry, guys, I'm battling a cold. Um, Out of that comes the things that we need to really step into the things that, that we need to do. And so I have made I have made some goals. I'm with you. I want to write more. Um, I also want to rest. That is also on my mind because I feel like because I'm a goal oriented person and I love to achieve things and write you know things off my check things off my to do list. I don't rest well sometimes, and so rest is something for me as well. But we I did pick a word this year, and typically I don't. Last year is the first year we picked a word, and Michael actually started. He picked it's actually a phrase joy and contentment um like being content and joyful in all circumstances which i feel like in the world we live in can be really challenging so that was our our word for last year and phrase for last year and this year for me it's transform like transform heart mind relationships and just focusing on like what does that really look like okay on rest yes i feel like this is sharing so it is caring we Sunday, we had a sermon series. We're kicking off a new sermon series at our church, and Sunday was about creation. And when we were studying for it, it was obviously Genesis 1. Someone pointed out from the congregation that the Lord saw fit to do enough work in one day, and he was satisfied with it. Because really, if you think about it, he could have just said, hey, this is all done, just in the you know right. blink of an eye or however you would describe what, what that would look like. But And they were like, hey, 
you know, if the Lord was satisfied to do enough work in one day, why are we not satisfied with the 24 hours that we have? It's never enough for us. And so I think with rest, well, that all led up to rest because then the Lord also rested for Mm -hmm. our sake. And it's the only day he blesses is the seventh day. It's a day of rest. So it's almost like he was trying to set an example for us to follow. (laughs) Imagine that. Something about us that we need. Yeah. That's really good. No, that is something that has been on my heart lately is being more intentional to to rest and i think as a culture we just do not do that well because we live in we live in a very hurry hurry do do focus on the next thing where mm-hmm. we just burn burn ourselves out so and that i also another thing you know it's been we had christmas and the new year and it kind of gets there's a little lull in between there so was i doing some scrolling on the instagram yes i was but i saw something that really resonated with me it was this mama and she posted a 2023 recap of her kid and said I didn't realize that our day-to-day would be their childhood. Oh, wow. Yep. That uh, is, uh, knife to the heart. Knife to the heart, big really, time. When we're striving and striving and striving, as parents, our kids are seeing that. Yeah. And I'm thinking, shoot, I don't want that to be the example. I Number one, don't want to miss out on the moments with them. Yes. Yes, it's good to work hard, but if that's all we're ever doing, I just... Man, that's so good. We I actually just went to a women's event at our church, and the, the speaker was talking about discipleship in the home and with your children and just talking about how we can get so caught up. And again, doing things... We just actually had this conversation off mic, doing things outside the home and having goals and doing things. That's not bad, but whenever we're short with our kids or we're like... Because mm-hmm. I, I, I know... Like with like worth worth the risk. Like I'm having to do a lot of emails and text messages, and I'll be like texting the kid. You know, he's like, "Hey, mom, I'm like just one minute." You know, yeah. and I'm really harsh, and I'm like, "That's not good." And so like just living in that like rush rush mentality, it trickles into our homes, mm-hmm. and that's not healthy. Yeah, it's not good. Yeah, you said something really good in that conversation that discipleship is in, within the home is the number one priority. Yeah, and if we get that out of, and it is weird when you see someone who is in high levels of leadership within like the church, any church. And they've got family chaos. Now, caveat, family chaos is just going to happen. Right. We are human right. beings trying to figure this all out together with other imperfect human beings. And so you're going to have some chaos. But when when you see someone who had, they have these beautiful kids and there's not a stewardship of that relationship, but they're trying to lead all of these other people, yeah. it just feels very backwards. Yeah. And I think a lot of it points to, you know, when we're doing things in the home, often that's not on display for people to see. You know what I mean? People aren't like, high five, you wiped another butt. Or yep. high five, you, uh, p- p- you know, wiped up spilled milk for the fifth time today. You know, those things aren't seen, but it goes back to like, who are we living for? Yeah. You know, who who's, whose approval are we after? You know, yeah. is it men's or God's? And so anyways, that's good. Side tangent, but it's a good tangent. I love it always. <laughs> okay, so going into meat and potatoes. Today yes. we're talking about reverence. This is something that I feel like old school believers, like our mommies and daddies and our grandmas and grandpas, they got reverence. Yes. Maybe sometimes it was it went a little too a little, far. A little too legalistic yes, sometimes. Sure. Yeah. Um, but there, I would say from my personal experience, so I'm not going to make a blanket general, you know, everybody is like this, but I have seen a decline in the church in reverence. Um, I, I want to talk through that a little bit. And so I guess before we do that, we need to say what is reverence. Yeah. Go ahead. Answer that. Answer that, Taylor. <laughs> well, you Googled it. Well, so Google I, has some I, thoughts on it. So, so again, off my conversation, we were talking through like the show notes and I was like, okay, so what's the difference between respect and reverence? And when I Googled it, I'm like, this also is not from the Bible definition. So take this with a grain of salt. But I was like, okay, Google, you know, what is the description for reverence? And it said a deep respect. And so I think, um, 
And then you said something really good about love. So why don't you say that? Because I feel like that's the other part of it. Yeah. So when I think of reverence, I think of it is a deep love and affection connected with honor. So for instance, there is a way in which you have to, when you go to court, we actually just went to court for our foster daughter and we were joking, Nathaniel and I, because he had, the first time he ever went was traffic court when he was in college and he would have speeding tickets. I'm certain it was a speeding (laughs) ticket. I'm certain it was. And there was a reason that he had to be there, but he'll be on the next episode. Yes. So I'll, we'll, Maybe give him a hard time when he's here. To Sharon is caring. Yes. How many traffic tickets have you had? I think that's more intimidating for me to answer than him. <laughs> but so he walks into court his first time ever in front of a judge and he's wearing flip flops and shorts. Yeah. Which if you've ever been to court is a huge <laughs> no, no. When he went to stand before the judge, the judge said, boy, do you think this is a beach party? Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> Nathaniel's like, no, sir. It's hard um, for me to picture Nathaniel in flip-flops. I'm just going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard for me to picture He's always that. got them work boots on. Yeah. Um. So there there was, okay, so back to the, the courtroom kind of imagery of reverence. You are, you honor a judge. You honor someone in that position. You don't love them. Right. You honor them and you're respectful in their presence because they have the ability to send you to jail. Straight right. to jail. And so you're going to be reverent. You're going to honor, in the least, that's why you're honoring them. You know, they've also done, they're giving their life to try to bring justice. Like, there's a lot right. of reasons. There's lots of different layers. To respect what they're doing. But ultimately, your behavior is reverent, in, or not reverent, sorry, respectful and honorable in front of them. You don't love them. So the difference is when we come before the Lord in church or out, you know, when we're in his presence, there's a reverence that is required. And it's not just because you know that he holds your life. He can send you straight to jail. Right. You know, <laughs> in a sense. It's not because of that that you do consider that, but it's more because you love him. Yeah. And you care. And it's it's more connected to a hierarchy of worship. Um, it's not just black and white. You can do this and you can hurt me or you can do good to me. It's I love you and I care about what you say and I I honor my position below you. I feel like that's what reverence truly is. Yeah, that's good. So if that's what reverence is, I think we have to ask the question, where do we see that in scripture? Is that even biblical? Are we just saying this is how we should be to the Lord? Yeah, so I think one of the places that we see that in scripture is in Proverbs 9, 10 through 12. It says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. And I think that historically not all of us but but, i mean i have struggled with this i have struggled with this in the past of you know understanding what does that fear mean should i be scared or does that like you know what what does that actually mean and i think that let's first clarify that before we go any farther because i think some people might hear the word fear and that automatically stirs in you know some fear within them that is not holy fear is not good fear Yeah, I think that's actually a really good point. And I think this is a particular verse that a lot of people struggle with because they do misunderstand what fear means there. And so then they think I should be trembling and afraid and pitiful before the Lord. And I don't believe that's at all what they're what the scripture is trying to say. I believe that it's actually a fear of the Lord. It is a right understanding, a reverent awe of who he is. And you function out of that. But it's not based out of once again, um, what he can do to hurt us, what he right. can do to help us. It's based It's based out of our love for love him. Love and reverence yeah. for him, yeah. And I think that is a really good, and I think that's so important to clarify because I think fear does have a really negative connotation because a lot of people literally are scared of a lot of things they're fearful of. God never wants us to be scared of him. He never wants us to be scared to come to him. So I think it's really important that we first understand what does that mean and then we can 
then have that conversation of what does that look like practically to live that out? Yeah, absolutely. I also think another good example in scripture that I just thought of was um, when the Lord is talking from the mountain to the people and there's like thunder and it's shaking and there's smoke and the people are terrified and the Lord talks to them and then they tell Moses, hey, nope, you go talk to him for us. Yeah. And that's heartbreaking because it was the wrong kind of fear. Yeah. It wasn't an awe based off of love. It was an awe based off of he might kill us. Right. This is yeah. real. He is a powerful God. And so I think that's an example of, of misusing or misunderstanding the, the fear, the awe, the reverence of the Lord. Yeah. So let's talk about some of the things that we do within the church when it comes to reverence. Like what are areas we've missed it? What are areas where we need to become more reverent? And we may have different opinions i'm kind of curious to know like what you think about coffee in the sanctuary (laughs) and um you know kids running around Mm -hmm. in the lobby and and things like that so what yeah just give me your thoughts on that well within the church if i don't know people listening if you've got like a grew up in church background context or not or if you've ever been told don't you dare bring that food into the (laughs) sanctuary or don't run in the sanctuary or Lord forbid if you've heard someone cuss in church and say, you can't cuss in church. You know, I think those are things where people think this is what we don't do those things because it's irreverent. It's not honoring and worshipful and respectful of the Lord's home. Um, I have some feelings on that. All right, let's hear it. I understand the practicality. I understand there's a bunch of people typically and the kids running around can maybe get a little crazy. Um, I understand the food and the coffee in the sanctuary where... If you've ever been to a concert, I hate to to compare those two, but if you've ever been to a concert, people are pretty bad about spilling. Literally, Billy Joel concert. I think we were like 30 <laughs> minutes in last year or maybe two years ago, and I got a beer spilled all down my back. And I'm like, I get why they say that. How many times have my kids kicked my coffee over? Oh, yes. Here I am yes. with my kids. I'm like, it was me. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but So I understand the practicality of it, but when I think about that in terms of reverence, I don't know that that is truly reverent. I it, I feel like if someone holds that very dearly and they feel very convicted about that, I'm like, bless you. I will honor you in, in your church building and in the way you do things. But personally, I don't think the Lord sees me coming in with my my little cup of coffee and he yeah. says, Taylor, how dare you? Right. You know, I would totally agree with that. I do. And it's, it's hard. Like, where do you draw the line? Like, this is too far or the, you know what I mean? It gets, it gets tricky, but I, I think that's something that is important to point out is a lot of it is, um, has to do with the heart. You know what I mean? I think sometimes we can get so caught up on the actions of wearing a suit or like you said, coffee in the sanctuary, our kids running around. It's like, okay, well, what's the, the motive? Like, you know what I mean? Because I think sometimes we can get so caught up on the action itself where we miss the most important part of our heart posture. Our heart, I cannot talk today, goodness, our heart posture. Yeah, absolutely. So it's really interesting that we have these, I'm not saying they're bad, rules around what it looks like to be reverent and to honor the house of the Lord um, or to even act appropriately and reverent within the, within the church walls. But there is a way in which we also live live lives reverently and uh, so okay scripturally we're supposed to work as unto the lord our work is to be done like we're doing it for the lord i don't care if you work at the bank i don't care if you work for the state i don't care if you work for whoever you work for you're supposed to work unto the lord i just had this conversation with my kids on the way to school about homework (laughs) 
I'm sure when in doubt, I always bring out that scripture and do everything to the Lord yeah. for his glory. And they're like, eh. Yeah. But it's because you, there is a deep honor. It yes. is a reverence for him in your worldly work. Absolutely. And the Bible says that is good. Yeah. It's or when a, we have to do the dishes, Taylor, as moms. Reverence. Reverence. With joy. With joy. Yes. I love scrubbing off old spaghetti. <laughs> oh, you it's know, my that's favorite. Thing, is I don't have to enjoy doing that, but I... The, the things we do and the ways in which we take care of our family and our community and ways in which our we neighbors, serve. neighbors, yeah. Yeah, it's, it is, we act honorably. We obey the commands of the Lord. We love deeply because we revere the Lord. Absolutely. Amen. You know, it's, it's not just because he said do it and if you don't, this bad thing happens. It's based out of, you say this all the time. I feel like we need a t-shirt with this on it. <laughs> it's, it's done in love, so. Yeah. So I think sometimes um, people get a bad taste in their mouth when you hear the word reverence because I do believe that people have been legalistic about it in the past where I don't really see the actions that they're doing necessarily in scripture like it's just more like we do this because we've always done it and there's just a lot of like legalism around it and so how do we differentiate you know what we should be doing versus like this is just a legalistic pattern that we have been doing for so many years that's a good question I think we have to say there's also the opposite of the legalism where people are irreverent and they're just like, the Lord loves me for me and I'm yes. going to be wild and I'm going to be crazy. And we do see sometimes people get crunk in scripture. Uh, King David dancing before the Lord upsets his wife because she's like, you look like a fool. And <laughs> that so, is not reverent. <laughs> right. But for David, he was like, no, this is what worship looks like for me right now. Um, I think after they cross the Red Sea, Miriam, Moses' sister, takes out a tambourine and she goes crazy. Like she's leading these women in this crazy song and they're playing the tambourine and dancing and it's loud. And that is reverence before the Lord in that moment. There is a way in which we have to walk the line of respect and honor and love and not lose childlike faith and not yeah. lose childlike wonder and not be afraid to be to be um, joy filled before the Lord. Yeah. You know, I grew up in a tradition where you don't raise your hand in church. It is distracting. You keep your hands by your side during worship because you don't want to distract anybody from the Lord. And you don't clap, you don't do these things. And then, you know, then you've got also, so it's very much that legalistic, like yeah. don't move your body at all. Yeah. And then you've got the opposite where people are acting wild and out and it's chaos. And right. the Lord is not a God of right. chaos. He's a God of order. So neither of those okay are okay. I just think in general, it looks like us walking the line of, hey, re- retain that childlike awe and wonder, clap when the Lord says clap. But, um, use use judgment yeah know? use wisdom and i think also it that's why it's also so important to know the word you know what i mean because it's easy to go to these you know different gatherings at churches or whatever and everyone should wear a suit or you shouldn't have coffee it's like okay well where does that come from like where you know so mm-hmm. i think it's important that you know why you're doing it yeah that's because that's been the tradition for years and years or it looks appealing or oh that sounds right but like no what does scripture say about that and so i think that and it kind of ties into the conviction conversation we had a little bit too, because some people may be convicted that you should, like the preacher should wear a suit and tie, mm-hmm. you know? I personally don't share that conviction, but it just gets tricky. Yeah. It's funny. I know this is kind of a little bit of a side side mission rabbit hole conversation that I'm getting ready to take us into, but I'm going to go there anyway. It's kind of interesting how people feel different ways about dressing at church because a long time, the old school Right. train of thinking was you bring your best to the Lord. Yeah. So that means that you wear your nicest shoes, you wear your nicest dress, you do your hair, you put on makeup. 
and um, like you bring that is a way that in which you're bringing a good offering to the Lord. I struggle with that. I'm not going to lie because I love to dress up for church. I think it's super fun. It, it, it is just fun. It's like a social thing. And I don't think in a, a way that's bad. If that was all it was, it would be terrible. Um, you know, if it's just, I'm going to, I have somewhere to look cute to. Right, you know, right. That's a problem. But it is fun. But there's also a way in which, man, you think about there are people within the church who realistically, they're having a hard time paying their bills. Yeah. So I I struggle with that sometimes. Some people walk in with a suit and to, for them, this is what it looks like to worship the Lord in an honorable way. But then I'm like, but what about this person who right. who is just, they're, they are wearing their best, they're bringing their best, but there's an obvious, you know what I mean? Right. I don't know. Maybe that's just like the American culture where I'm like, I don't want to see the difference, but the Lord's like, no, this is good for you to see that there is a difference and they're all treated equally. I don't know. Yeah. How do you feel about dressing nice to church, Kate? That's just my personal, like... Yeah, I struggle with that, too. I I don't know. Honestly, Taylor, I, I kind of have a hard time with defining what I think about that. Because I do think about, like, when Jesus was actually walking the earth and the people that he was in contact with daily. Like, was he was he of the mindset, like, go put your best clothes on before you can come and talk to me? Yeah. Like, do we see that Never, in scripture? Ever, ever. ever. And so that's where I have a hard time with putting pressure on people to look their best or because again, I think I just keep going back to to the heart. Like you can look the best and most polished, but in your heart, you have zero reverence for the Lord. It's just an outward expression that's coming from the wrong motive. It's empty. empty, Exactly. And so that's where I struggle. But I also do feel like there is something about like, we are going to church to worship the King of Kings. We are going to church to worship, you know, the Lord of Lords. And he does deserve our best you know so I think it just gets tricky to define so I don't really have a good answer I guess is what I'm trying to say I don't really know where exactly I stand I mean if I'm being perfectly honest most most Sundays I'm wearing jeans and a shirt you know I don't wear dresses very often but for me and the way that I want to raise my family is I want them to be more worried about their heart posture when they Mm -hmm. walk in those doors than I do what shoes are on their feet and so I think that's just where I stand I don't think it's you know, what's that really fancy word that salvific? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you and uh, my friend Joan Atkins, he used a really fancy word the other day. I'm like, what is going on with all these fancy words? I'm like, I'm not That's reading funny. the right books, I guess. Um, anyways, I, I don't think it's a sal- salvific issue where 100%. you have to, you know, God's not going to accept you if you're not wearing your best best dress that Sunday. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't think scripture is, at least from my my knowledge super clear on what you should be wearing to church on a Sunday. So that's where I, I think it just goes back to the heart. Yeah, that's good. Sorry, that was like a a little side rabbit trail where I was like, I wonder. No, it's that. good. It's good. Okay. And then I wonder too, like, where do we come up with these things? <laughs> like, who yeah. started this? Yeah. And, and I do think different generations view it differently. You know, I think about our parents. I mean, my dad, and I'm not dogging him for this. He has said before that I personally like a pastor that wears a suit. Or maybe it was my mom. I don't remember. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, now if they were to say that man's not a man of God, if he doesn't wear a suit, that would be different. But I think people are going to have different opinions on this. I don't think it's something that we should get up in arms about and create division over by any means. So I guess actually we could look at a conversation of what we wear or don't wear to church as a aspect of reverence, because like we've said so far, it is really, it, it does encompass your entire life. And it shouldn't be this overwhelming weight of, are you being reverent in yeah. every aspect? It, because it all flows from worship and love and adoration of the father. And so we could say, Hey, what does it look like to be reverent in the way that you dress to church? 
I'm asking you, audience, that question. That could be a whole other podcast. It really probably could. <laughs> or episode, I should say. Um, what does it look like to be reverent with your speech? To be reverent in love for your neighbor? Like all of that is an act of worship to the Lord in, in, a, in a manner of speaking. So here's my question for you, dear listener. What do you do out of reverence? What does reverence look like in your life? And have you been functioning out of a place where fear of the Lord for you has been a, a fear or a terror of consequence if you fail or you lack or whatever? Or have you been doing it out of an awe and a, and a love for the Lord and who he is, basing it off of who he is and not what might happen to you, good or bad? Well, we just want to say thank you so much for listening. We are so excited about our next episode. We are getting our husbands, if you can believe it, to come on with us, which I'm really, I feel like Nathaniel's probably more used to like public speaking and things like that, but I'm so excited to have Michael on because it's so outside of his comfort zone. I'm just really looking forward to getting to sit and watch that. It's going to be good though. I'm not saying that's a dog on him at all. He is going to do awesome. It's just going to be fun to see it's him in that environment. It's a new experience together. Yes. Yeah. So I'm sure there's going to be a lot of um, edits. <laughs> oh, no. We're just going to keep it rolling. We're going to keep it rolling. But maybe there'll be like a special blooper release. Yes. It. It'll be good. But we are going to be recording with them on the topic of shepherding your family, family discipleship. I'm not sure if we've actually come up with a, an exact title. Is that not right? Is that what we're doing? Okay. <laughs> Taylor's like, I, she looks at me like, I don't think that's, I'm like, I thought that I was I was it. just trying because the mics pick up all the noise. I'm over here drinking my coffee and it's making noises. So I'm trying not to slurp into the mic and I was being weird. Okay, so. got it. So that is correct. It's going to be on family discipleship, shepherding your family. They are goat herders. So that's kind of fun. <laughs> Taylor's like, you're so dumb. Quit saying that. No, I'm just like, there are two people in Southern Illinois that I know of that are like obsessed with shepherding goats and ranching those sorts of animals and we just happen to have them as husbands yeah and the topic happens to be on shepherding so not goats but we probably will talk about that i'm not gonna lie oh, I'm, goats are gonna come up yeah sure. for sure so we're really excited about that um but yeah so if you have found this to be helpful at all we just encourage you to send it to a friend we're also on instagram and facebook the after sunday podcast make sure to follow along and we'll see you next time